Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 54th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And in today's episode, I'm going to be reviewing a hand where I make a fairly dicey play on the river in a spot where I'm not sure I would have made that play in the past. And one of the things that I learned from Phil Helmuth, who is one of the co-authors of Excelling at No Limit Hold'em, my newest book, is that once you've played poker for a pretty good amount of time and you've paid a lot of attention, as I have, you can make really far-out plays based purely on reads. And in the past, especially two or three or four years after I started playing live poker, I was really just purely a math player. I just went by the numbers and whatever they said, that was it. But over the past few years, I have been shifting away from that mentality and been getting a little bit out of line based on reads, and I think it's been helpful. If you have not picked up your copy of Excelling and No Limit Hold'em, you can get it at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash buyexcelling. So far, all the reviews for it have been fantastic, and people are saying it is perhaps the best poker book ever written, so I couldn't really ask for much more than that. So definitely check it out, jonathanlittlepoker.com slash buyexcelling. So this hand today is from the bubble of a 2,000 euro European poker tour event. So as you can see, actually, if you guys cannot see this, it means you're probably listening to the audio podcast. I have a video podcast version of this that you can find at jonathanlittlepoker.com under the podcast tab. If you are listening on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever other platform, thank you for being here. But there is a video for this as well if it will help you visualize the hand. I know that I personally like visualizing the hands that makes it much easier for me to follow so if you find that you have trouble listening to hands and remembering what happens throughout consider checking out the video so anyway i have seventy-five thousand chips at 1000 2300 like i said we are nearing the bubble i don't know exactly what the situation is but i think 27 people got paid and we were down to 30 people so very near the money um, I have eighty thousand. I have seventy-five thousand chips. A guy on the button, a tight, aggressive kid who seemed excited throughout this hand, has eighty thousand chips. So he has me covered. We're both relatively deep stacked for the tournament. So I have ace ten of clubs. I'm min raised to four thousand, which I think is pretty standard. The tight, aggressive kid calls on the button, and we take a flop heads up. So before we see a flop, I generally assume that the tight, aggressive kid has a range of mostly good big cards like king-queen, king-jack, queen-jack suited, queen-ten suited, king-ten suited. Um, maybe some asex suited, maybe some marginal pairs, perhaps pairs, maybe jacks and lower. I, and maybe even a few slow-played monsters. I, I think that most good players are not really three-betting on the bubble very often against people with comparable stacks because they certainly don't want to play a big pot. And if I've been somewhat snug, which I don't know if I have or not, um, they don't want, really want to play a big pot with me either. So in this scenario, assuming average stack is maybe 25 big blinds and we have 40 big blinds, the other big stack is often going to be in pot control unless he is a blatant a blatant maniac who can confidently get it in with something like ace-queen or pocket tens in this scenario, in which case maybe he'll be three-betting a wider range. But I don't think that was the case with this kid. He was tight aggressive. I was probably tight aggressive. And neither of us are trying to go broke. So... The flop comes pretty great for me. Queen of spades, jack of clubs, two of clubs. I have ace, ten of clubs. So I have a gut shot to the nuts and the nut flush draw. So I'm certainly going to bet. If I bet and my opponent raises, 
I'm probably going to go all in. So let's say I bet maybe 7,000 into the 13,000 pots. I actually bet 5,500. I was going to say, I, I think the 7,000 might be a touch big, but 5,500 seems fine. Um, if my opponent does raise to say 15,000, I'm probably just going to go all in. I don't really want to call out of position, although I don't think it's that bad. But with these stack sizes, I think I will have some fold equity. And some players will try to apply pressure after the flop whenever you're deep stacked, because once the flop comes, it's way harder to actually have a premium hand. Whereas pre-flop, it's somewhat easy if you are playing a tight aggressive strategy. Like, for example, right here, ace-king is going to fold to a raise. Pocket tens is going to fold to a raise. Pocket nines is going to fold to a raise. Ace-jack may knit it up and fold to a raise. So this is a scenario where my opponent can get away with applying a lot of pressure, generally because the flop is better for his range than for mine. Although, it's still perfectly fine for my range as well. So I bet 5,500 and... My opponent calls. So at this point, I was thinking he had mostly top pairs, middle pairs, and draws. Turns a five of clubs, which is great. I have the nuts. I bet 9,000 into the 24,000 chip pot. Looking back at this, I think I would actually prefer a slightly larger bet to set up a river all-in. Although, perhaps in-game, I thought my opponent would not call a bigger bet with a hand like ace-jack or jack-10 or queen-9 or something like that. So this is a somewhat read-dependent bet size, but if I think my opponent's actually excited about his hand, I'm not exactly sure when the level of excitement really cranked up. But if I think my opponent has a good hand, I certainly want to bet large in this scenario because he's not going to fold. And if he's not going to fold and I have the nuts, I'm happy to put money in the pot. So maybe I should have bet somewhat, really just kind of big, like 15,000. That would set up a very nice river shove. I would then have 50,000 left in my stack the pot would be 55,000 on the river and that would be a nice less than pot shove maybe I could even bet something like 18,000 to make the river shove even smaller in general you want to think ahead about what the pot is going to look like if I bet and my opponent calls and see how that's going to make our stack sizes look so as you can see when I bet 9,000 on the turn if my opponent calls the pot on the river is going to be 43,000 and I have 56 left so I don't really want to make a overpot shove. And for that reason, that kind of ropes me into, ma into making a smaller bet, unless I think my opponent's going to level himself into calling if I shove. So anyway, I I'm not a big fan of this 9,000 bet into the 25,000 pot. Not because it's too small or anything like that compared to the pot, but it's too small compared to my stack, assuming my goal is to get my whole stack in. And usually that's going to be the case when you have the nuts. So my opponent does call. The river is the jack of diamonds pairing the jack. So the board is queen, jack, two, five, jack with three clubs. Pot's 43,000. As I said, I have 56 behind, and I'm certainly going to value bets. Under pretty much no circumstances am I trying to check this. If I do check, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, I think it's probably a check call on the bubble. Because if I check and my opponent bets and I raise or which is probably going to be all in given the pot's so large, he's probably only going to call me with a full house or a worse flush. But think about the flushes that my opponent would call with pre-flop. Which flush draws would he actually call with on the button? He's gonna, he can't have the ace or the ten of clubs or the jack of clubs. So that leaves him with pretty much king-queen, king-ten, queen-ten. Oh, I'm sorry, I have a ten. That leaves him with king-queen, pretty much. King-queen of clubs, maybe queen-nine of clubs, and maybe 9-8 of clubs and 8-7 of clubs. So there really aren't very many club combinations my opponent could even have. So there's certainly not 
a good enough reason to check raise the river. So I think in general, though, I want to bet. If my opponent has a jack, he's going to call every time. If he has a queen, he's going to call every time. And if he has a flush, he's going to call as well. So I need to go for value. So I decide to bet 16000 into the 43000 chip pot, which I think is fine. Again, if I think my opponent's excited, like he likes his hand, I should probably be betting larger. But 16000 is fine. I think we're going to get called by all of my opponent's hands uh, that, I just, that I just listed. Maybe even stuff like pocket nines if he decides to get frisky. And then, to much to my surprise, my opponent goes all in. He puts me all in for my whole stack on the bubble. <laughs> this is certainly not where you want to be. So, going back to what Phil Helmuth talked to me about, and he actually discusses this a bit in Excelling at No Limit Hold'em, I really got the vibe that this guy had a good hand at this point. I tanked here for a few minutes, and usually I think for about six seconds and make my decision because... A lot of the spots are fairly routine, but this is absolutely not a routine spot. And after a while, I came to the conclusion that my opponent was happy with his hand. He was not nervous, but he was happy enough. And it's really hard to describe this type of thing, but if you watch people's faces, watch their hands, watch their heartbeat, you can eventually get a drift for like what an excited look is versus a nervous look. And... Really, that comes from just a lot of paying attention and studying your opponents. And instead, a lot of people at the poker tables, they'll be on their phones or reading books or talking to friends, and they really just miss a lot of this action. So anyway, this guy looked excited to me. So which hands would he be excited to shove with? Like, what what would he be thrilled to shove with? And really, the only hands that make any sense are full houses. He may not even shove with a hand like pocket twos or pocket fives on this river. Um, I think that would be somewhat thin. So I think I'm going to be looking pretty squarely at queen, jack, queens, or jacks. And I thought for forever, and I ended up folding. And this left me with 20 big blinds, which I did end up running up. And I think I actually made a pretty deep run this tournament. But I did not feel good about the shove. After the tournament was over, I actually went back and talked to this player, and he told me he had pocket jacks. And that actually makes... A pretty good amount of sense, given the way the hand played out. Um, he did not want to get it in pre-flop, like I said most good people wouldn't. He called on the flop to try to trap me, because he's really not concerned about the flush draw too often, even though, of course, I could have some clubs. They're not that big of a deal. On the turn, he doesn't have the nuts anymore, so he's in pot control mode, call down mode. And then on the river, he made the nuts. So whenever I bet, he shoved, praying I had a flush and would call. And I told him I had the ace of clubs, and he was sick. And <laughs> anytime you can make your opponent sick... That's always a good thing. So maybe he lied to me. I don't know. But this is a spot where I think I do need to fold. I went off my reads, and I trusted them, and I ended up making a deep run because of it. If you want to learn more about this type of crazy read-like <laughs> or crazy read-based plays and numerous other topics such as general range analysis and whatnot, actually there's a chapter in this book by Alex Fitzgerald, who's a well-known online player, Assassinato, and... He goes really in-depth on range analysis. I actually learned a lot in that chapter, and I think pretty much anyone will. Um, but yeah, if you want to learn more about this type of thing and learn how to make these type of folds where, in reality, most people just call it off and say, oh, bad beat, definitely check out my book, Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. You can get it at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash buyexcelling. Also, if you have not been to my website, jonathanlittlepoker.com, go check it out. I post an educational blog each week. I also post the videos of this podcast there. And I also... Um, mention a lot of my other things that I have going on. So check it out. I think you will like the site. Let me know what you think. And I will talk to you next week.